As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, the Chelsea FC podcast from The Athletic, back for another week. On today's pod, City Slicker is Chelsea choked by Pep's possession. Tuchel takes Turin? Question mark. We look ahead to match day two in the Champions League. And there are big wins for the women's and academy sides. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts. And ad-free on The Athletic, this is Straight out of Cobham. happened sooner or later didn't it Chelsea beaten for the first time this season on Saturday we'll look back on the game at Stamford Bridge shortly first though let me introduce my panel and with the pod facing significant selection issues it's just a two-man booth today lucky for me Sam Parkin can't get enough podcasting hi Sam hello Matt delighted to be here still standing yeah just me and you um we better get into this Manchester City defeat then Cancelo gets it onto his left foot, hits it low, it's blocked by Jesus, who's trying to turn and squeeze the shot in, and he scores! Gabriel Jesus for Manchester City, whose dominance pays off at the start of the second half. It's Chelsea nil, Manchester City 1. The performance was not complex enough, it was simply overall not on our very best level, and you need very best level to, to push a game like this to your side. Manchester City won their no fourth successive victory over the Citizens for the Blues. But be honest, listener, if you're going to choose to lose one of the last four meetings between the sides, it may very well have been this one. Uh, That said, Sam, the the nature of the defeat was pretty concerning. Chelsea didn't manage a single shot on target and were comfortably outplayed by their opponents, who, lest we forget, are quite good. Yeah, they were exceptional. And I think we spoke on Thursday about uh, Pep Guardiola coming up with a, a game plan as he's done previously um, to to great success and yeah I thought I thought they were exceptional mainly you know without the ball in completely stopping Chelsea yes there were opportunities once they got a goal to the good but it was just the intensity without which so impressed and uh, the cleverness of the the press as well. You know, going collectively, Phil Foden being the catalyst for a lot of it, his body shape almost just uh, 
being the trigger for the other players to to join in. Um, I thought it was a really intelligent way of uh, of stopping Chelsea getting any foothold in the game, any confidence. And I thought that was the the biggest issue. I spoke of the FA Cup semi final when you know I thought Chelsea controlled the ball in such a confident manner against a top Manchester City team on that occasion, and it was just chalk and cheese at the weekend. They they didn't seem to have the composure, didn't seem to have the quality with the football, and it didn't really change probably until Kai Havertz came on and and impacted the game late on. But by then, uh, the game was almost done. Do you think there'll be any lasting ramifications for, from this defeat? I mean, either either psychologically or, or literally. We mentioned that Chelsea could have been six points ahead of City. Instead, they're behind them on goal difference. And and maybe kind of, I don't know, not not the, the sign that Tuchel had over Guardiola has been has been ended now, but the fact that City were so much better, is that is that going to play into Chelsea's psyche a little bit? I think for the next meeting, certainly. And it would be, it'd be fascinating to see what both managers do on that occasion. I think Thomas Tuchel was very honest post-match in that, you know, taking a line share of the the blame as well for the for the defeat. You know, you could argue that maybe that change, the Kai Havertz change could have come prior to the opening goal, considering Manchester City's dominance. But I don't think, you know, moving forward towards the Champions League game and the games that follow in the Premier League, there's any reason for Chelsea to feel too damn beat. It's it's one result. It can be quickly rectified with a positive result, and it's likely we won't see that three-man midfield again uh, in the near future. Considering you know how Manchester City counteracted that, yes, it worked brilliantly against Tottenham, but at the weekend it was clear that there wasn't that link between the midfield and the attack. I mean, that fundamentally was what let Chelsea down. I felt because spoken about Mason Mount for one uh, being such an intelligent footballer the way that he can muck in with those midfield players but also provide an out ball drive the team up the pitch and it it just meant at the the weekend that Lukaku and Werner were were so isolated yes they've both been in in reasonably good form or certainly Lukaku's been at the top of his game but just throwing them together for a game this magnitude a new partnership in a new system they had to be on it and win their individual duels. And unfortunately, they didn't. And I, I felt, you know, sometimes if your centre forwards are right at the top of their game, um, getting hold of the ball, linking with each other, a threat against the opponent's goals, you can maybe get away with it. But I just felt individually Manchester City, yes, collectively brilliant with and without the ball, but the duels as well, I thought that's what really stood out to me. Diaz, for example. Uh, centre half, Jesus uh, up against Alonso, Rodri, the, the the best I've probably seen him certainly in a, a fixture against Chelsea. So that's where Chelsea fell short as well in those one on one battles. Right, let's get to some Twitter questions then. We touched on a few of these themes already. Us asks, did Tuchel do a pep and overthink it this time? Man City's pressing was intense. Wonder if it wasn't for the three CMs we could have utilised Havertz to help escape. Uh, Overthinking is maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch, Sam. I see why the comparison's made because of what happened with Guardiola in the Champions League final. But the three central midfielders thing had worked so well against Tottenham that you can see why he went for it again. Yeah, I, I completely concur. And then the other element to it was the the injury to Mount, which probably com- compounded 
um, uh, one or two issues and probably just um, made him go for the three midfield. Uh, I felt if Mount was fit, he probably would have started Mason Mount and we could be, you know, talking about a different performance and a different outcome, but that probably swayed him, I would say. And I mean, the biggest problem was probably, yes, they had difficulties with the ball uh, when you consider the the setup. But I think without the ball, uh, with the two-man strike force that Chelsea had, when, when they kind of went to try and win the ball off Manchester City, there was such a gap such a gap between the, the the midfield and the attack. It didn't allow Chelsea to go and press and win the ball successfully as Manchester City did wonderfully well to, to Chelsea. So I felt it had an effect, you know, certainly with the ball in that they couldn't connect with the front two, but also there was a, a huge gap which allowed Rodri, as I've already said, to kind of dictate proceedings from his deep midfield role. Uh, Didi says Lukaku is undoubtedly a world-class striker. Are we playing to his strengths. There may be a danger that you set up the team all around one man and that can be counterproductive as well. Or, or is there a case to say, like Didi is alluding to here, that, that Chelsea need to try and get him involved in the game a little bit more? Yeah, I think he's the type of centre-forward who I think all centre-forwards want to have touches and be involved in the build-up. But, I mean, he, he's been so available for passes into him in the in the previous games this season, obviously at Arsenal, it was it was a fantastic start for him, and and that ball into him just seemed to be on forever in that, in that fixture. Again, I think the the midfield players of City cut off that ball, uh, and when Chelsea had to go direct, they had the physicality, they had the pace in their ranks to to match up against Lukaku, and he did strike quite a frustrated figure. Um, but I think credit the opposition. He's not going to come up against that each week. Would he be happier um, with the two linked players behind him? Probably. But I think there's an argument to say that, you know, him and Werner will get better the more that they play together. And I spoke previously on this podcast that there's nothing better as a striker than when you're playing in tandem with someone you've got a good understanding with. So it'll be horses for courses as the, the season progresses. But yeah, he was a frustrated figure at the weekend. And, and certainly he was a, uh, he was a victim of a, a system, I suppose, going badly wrong. Uh, Andrew, Gav and Moore uh, have been in touch to reignite the Alonso v Chilwell debate. Uh, Alonso was pretty poor on Saturday, I thought. Does that open the door for Chilwell? It's kind of felt like it's a matter of when, not if he gets back in ahead of Alonso, but he didn't particularly stand out against Villa in the Cup last week. No, I, I can't disagree with that. I thought I thought he was he was rusty be better for the minutes I'm sure although um, that said he obviously missed in the shootout as well so I'm not sure how he's doing confidence wise um, considering missing that penalty but I thought that was probably as poor as Alonso's been he seemed to be coming in field a lot Chelsea didn't have that width um, that him and James or Azpilicueta normally provide so it was a testing afternoon for him considering how how good Jesus was on the, the, the other side of the coin so this could be the the opportunity, especially with the, the fixtures mounting up and um, the Juventus game on the horizon. Maybe it's it's Ben Chilwell's opportunity to certainly come in for one of the two next fixtures. Uh, right, before we move on from the City game, I just wonder, are we in danger? And, and by we, I mean the Chelsea media in general rather than me and you, um, of overblowing this a bit. You know, it's, it's only one game, isn't it? And it, it was against a, a really excellent team playing at the peak of their powers. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, although there's been, listen, I wouldn't say the results have papered over the cracks because that's uh, that's too uh, over the top. I think, you know, there's been some poor starts to the games. Certainly the Zenit game took a while to get going. Obviously at Spurs, it took a while to, to work out how to counteract what they did. The, the Villa performances weren't brilliant until maybe, you know, those switches in, in the second half. So it's not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, this is played with ridiculous intensity. Um, so now I think enormous credit has to go to the opposition at the weekend rather than becoming too downbeat in what has been, you know, a relatively, well, a very good start to the season under a, obviously a, a very talented manager. So we have to, I think we have to allow him this one on this occasion. Yeah, well said. Uh, right, not long for Chelsea to stew on that defeat. The Blues are heading to Italy this week to take on Juventus. We'll look ahead to that after this. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Match day two in Group H then sees Chelsea return to the J Stadium. Not a ground that holds happy memories for the Blues. You'll remember, listener, that Chelsea were comprehensively beaten there in 2012. Well, at the moment, I think, uh, you know, with the team, uh, we're, we're all in it together and... Uh, I'm responsible, obviously, for the results, and um, at the moment I, I am here, and I, I think I will be uh, for for the future. So uh, it's probably not a question you should ask me, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm going to keep working. The manager Roberto Di Matteo was sacked as a result just months after lifting the trophy with the big ears, but that's not going to happen this time. Uh, both teams opened their Group H campaigns with wins. Chelsea one nil home to Zenit. Juve three nil away. To Malmo, uh, Chelsea will be hoping to have the likes of Rhys James, Mason Mount, and Christian Pulisic available. We're recording this before Thomas Tuchel's press conference. He'll be able to tell us more. Here's a question from Ollie, though, Sam, that I'll put to you. He asks: Does Ruben start in Turin? Uh, Loftus Cheek, pretty impressive off the bench against Manchester City. We thought he'd be a bit part player, but but maybe there's a chance for him to be a bit more than that. Yeah. Um, 100%. I mean, he couldn't have done any better in that Aston Villa game. Um, we know there's there's fierce competition in that area of the pitch now, but I think the manager showed his confidence in putting Ruben on at the weekend. And yeah, I think, you know, against a, a Juve side, which is is struggling, it shouldn't hold any fear for, for Chelsea and shouldn't hold any fear for the manager to make one or two maybe additional changes. Um, you know, a Juventus team, which is absolutely flying in the latter stages of a European competition, of course, you're going to be a little bit more reluctant. But I think there's an opportunity here to, to make changes. And, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek would be right up there in terms of players that you can trust now to, to go in. And he needs more minutes in that position. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. And um, 
Now I'm really pleased that he looks to have a part to play this season because it's been a long time coming. We've all hoped that he was going to turn his fortunes around um, and, and this could be the moment. So another good performance in the Champions League, he'd be, you know, right in the manager's thoughts moving forward. Uh, yeah, Sam mentioned yeah, Juve struggling a bit. They had a poor start to the season, didn't win any of their opening three games, but that victory against Malmo on match day one seems to have kicked them into gear. They drew with AC Milan, then they've won the last two, 3-2, uh, latterly against Sampdoria on Sunday. No Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Morata and Dybala injured. Still plenty of quality, though. Federico Chiesa, Moise Keane, a whole bunch of Jorginho's Italy teammates. Also, Juan Cuadrado. Uh, Sam Romelu Lukaku, as we mentioned, not particularly involved against Manchester City on Saturday. Obviously, he's going to start here. He has scored at this ground before, and he told Chelsea TV that he nearly joined Juventus before he went to, to Inter Milan. Uh, do you think he's going to be paired with somebody in this game? And, and is it a benefit that, that it's an opponent that, that he knows maybe better than the rest of his teammates? Definitely. I think he, he seems the type, doesn't he, to probably study opponents, um, know the weaknesses of the, the centre-halves that he's coming up against. And it's got to be favourable that he played against you know, Juve so recently and we'll know the we'll know the uh, the tendencies of the defenders he's coming up against, as good as they are. So, yeah, I definitely see that as a positive, that he's obviously come from Syria. Um, but I would expect him to be supported by two players uh, hopefully Mason Mount makes it and given that Havertz has had a bit of a rest and has impacted the game in a positive manner at the weekend I see they've been those two being the preferred options to to support him but I'd like to see Pulisic back as an option just because I thought that his ability to drive with the ball his his running power would have been an asset for Chelsea in that Manchester City game so yeah need him back in, in the mix as well because I think his his characteristics would, would add something to the team right now in departments that they're lacking. Yeah, and actually he tended to save his best performances last season for the Champions League, Christian Pulisic, particularly think back to the, the two games against Real Madrid. Uh, what's a good result for, for Chelsea here then, Sam? A, a draw away from home in the, in the toughest game in the group wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? No, I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a Juventus side... I, wouldn't say hugely in transition, but obviously lost Ronaldo. And they seem to have big problems in midfield. It doesn't sound like De Ligt has started this campaign brilliantly. So it's probably a pretty good time to play them, um, that said. But, you know, Champions League game against the top European side, it's always going to be difficult away from home. But I think when you consider the problems they've got, and the injury issues, um, I think Chelsea would be confident in getting maximum points. But of course, with you know the Malmo fixtures to come and and Zenit return, uh, a point would be absolutely fine. But I think they'll go there in in confident mood. And um, and Juventus, they they need to perform because at the moment there's a lot of question marks about them. I suppose whether they're going to be able to emulate what they've done recently in Serie A and. Champions League, we we know is um is going to be really tough for them this year. So it's a fixture that I, I expect Chelsea probably to get maximum points in. Uh, by the way, Dominic Fifield's not with us today because he is winging his way to Italy as we speak. So he'll send us an in-person report from the Juventus Stadium after Wednesday's game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Fleming, Spence, could she be in for her 50th Chelsea goal? Good save, Mary Herbs comes to Fleming, it's six. Thought we were clinical, we created good chances. Um, I thought showed the depth we got throughout our squad. But brilliant finishing, wanted a clean sheet, I think it was a poor goal to concede. But overall, you know, a very good performance from the team. Elsewhere in Chelsea news, what a sensational result for the women's team on Sunday. Playing catch-up after that opening day defeat at Arsenal, Emma Hayes' side have since earned back-to-back wins following up the 4-0 thrashing of Everton with a 6-1 demolition of Man United in the northwest on Sunday. It means Chelsea are fourth in the early stages with Manchester City way off the pace in eighth after they were thrashed by Arsenal who topped the table. Uh, in terms of the Chelsea game, Sam Frank Kirby opened the scoring a 50th WSL goal. It gives us the chance to, to lavish yet more praise on Chelsea's women's all-time leading scorer, but also she's the key assist provider at the moment as well. Her and Kurt picking up where they left off last season. Yeah, just um, outstanding. Um, I think my first year out of um, football was able to see her a couple of times in in close quarters. Seven or eight years ago, I remember her scoring maybe the maiden goal in the in the Champions League for 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 Chelsea. Catalogue of brilliant goals that she scored subsequently. Who could forget that goal at, at Bayern Munich in the, in the Champions League a couple of years ago? It was one against Sunderland, maybe to clinch the title. That, that springs to mind. Um, so good cutting in on either foot and, and, and finishing from distance. So she just goes from strength to strength, but it really is such an exciting trio they've got now. I mean, hard as goal, I thought yesterday uh, encapsulated everything that's good about her. She's not electric, but she travels so beautifully with the ball um, and gets away with people. And it was a, a lovely dinked finish. I was praying that there was a dink going to be on the end of it because it's wasted that that run unless you finish with that aplomb. So it looked like a, a brilliant victory against the side that, that are definitely evolving, but but shows you, again, it takes time to build, doesn't it, in the WSL. It's not going to happen overnight for Manchester United. They're not going to, you know, shorten that 10-point gap um, overnight in, in one pre-season. But interesting to note they had more of the ball than, than Chelsea. I think that that probably doesn't happen too regularly in WSL, probably just in the Manchester City game. So it's a Manchester United side that are trying to play, trying to play out. And and obviously there were architects of their own downfall a few times yesterday. So not too unexpected, uh, the result, but the manner of it, I'm sure will really please Emma Hayes, just kind of cementing their 
superiority still in, in the league. And it, it looks, you know, to me that it's going to be a, a shootout between Chelsea and, and Arsenal when you consider how well they started the season. Yeah, and one thing that that might be critical, and we've spoken about this before, is, is squad depth, it, as well as Penilla Harder, Sam Kerr got to. We mentioned Kirby, Jesse Fleming and Drew Spence both came off the bench to score as well on Sunday, so that might tip things in Chelsea's favour. Uh, meanwhile, the men's under-23 side got their first win of the season in stunning style. Andy Meyer's team came from 3-1 down to beat Liverpool 4-3 under the Friday night lights at Kings Meadow. Lewis Hall got the winning goal in the fifth minute of stoppage time. Lewis Baker started the match. And Sam, so did Charlie Masonda. His first appearance in more than two years after a series of injury problems. We saw him play for the first team, didn't we, a few years ago, but he's had to had to write off the last couple of years, as, as I said, with, with the injury problems that he's had. Whether he can get back to the, the kind of precocious talent that he was remains to be seen, but that's got to be such a massive boost for him mentally just to be able to be back out on a pitch again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you think back over the last decade, I suppose, and, you know, he was very highly rated up against, you know, some of the players that, um, uh, have gone on and achieved wonderful things elsewhere. But also when you think of Mason Mount and, and Loftus-Cheek, um, people like that that have uh, made the transition into Chelsea's first team, he was right up there. You know, and so, you know, when speaking to people about it around the academy, someone that I, I think was training with the first team at a very young age around the first team squad and he's just plateaued for him and he's just lost his way probably because of some not particularly great loan spells, but more so the injuries uh, that you spoke of. So brilliant to see him playing again. Um, if he can, I suppose, string a, a number of games together, it, it may be a case of him going out in January and and getting some regular games at a better level. Yeah, scored on his full debut for Chelsea against Forest. That was four years ago. He's had loans at, at Betis, Celtic and Vitesse that didn't really amount to much. So we'll keep an eye on how he does as the season progresses. Uh, elsewhere, not such good news for the under-18s. They went down 1-0 at Leicester in the under-18 PL South at the first defeat of the season for Ed Brand's boys. Uh, before we go, some Chelsea stuff up on the Athletic to point you in the direction of. Adam Crafton has written about how the Blues and Tuchel will respond to Saturday's defeat, whilst Michael Cox has gone big on the tactical aspect of the game. Theathletic.com slash ChelseaPod is the place to go if you aren't currently a subscriber. Uh, that's it for today, though. Well done, Sam. You've already justified the extortionate transfer fee we paid for you over the summer. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday. We'll look back on the game against Juventus. Down ahead to the next Premier League matches at Stamford Bridge on Saturday against Southampton. Until then, from all of us here, though, it's bye for now. The Athletic. <laughs>